maybe the practice uh, can continue with the body moving and uh, no post official formal meditation can there be something there of that uh, quiet listening Something of including the, including the sense of touch in our presence that we might bring in as we meditate and then drop after meditation. So just being aware that, oh, still sitting, still breathing, still like a being here, sensitive being, hearing, um, sensitive to light and colors, and visited by moods. You know, sometimes available, sometimes confused, sometimes a little kind of expecting, waiting for something, slight sense of um, impatience. Sometimes, whoops, some kind of flash of joy or bubbles somewhere. So this um, gatekeeping, anything you observed in that, how it was possible or not, or helpful or not, limiting or not, or how the mind took off, uh, kind of unknowingly, that you were taken for a ride <laughs> without knowing it, or did it willfully. <laughs> knowingly. Uh, there was somebody uh, yesterday at the end of the class we did a kind of similar uh, practice and a uh, young man and you, I don't know if he was practicing for the first time or but he came and he said hey I want to thank you I was here for the first time so I knew he was, he was, he was uh, at that class for the first time and he said, so I did the, the exercise. That was really interesting because there was at some point, for example, there was a truck, you know, I could hear it. And then I could see my mind, you know, created an image of the truck. And then I followed it along uh, St. Laurent Boulevard. And uh, so what, what, what was, you know, what, what, what are you teaching about this? Like, uh, maybe I'll, I'm putting all this in my words and my understanding of what happened. And uh, he was saying, like, I can see that there was a, a fabrication. You know, that I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. So there was a sound, you know, and then there was a creation of an image in the mind. It's not like, oh my God, it's a sin. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> you know, you want, just want to know that's discernment, wisdom to know the difference between the sound and the image of something. In this case, the truck, it's kind of um, anodin, like it's, it doesn't imply very much, you know, you're like, wow, whatever, you know. But this exact thing becomes extremely important in the, the other creations of my life, you know, the other form, way I form an idea about something and mistake it for reality, you know, you know. Nothing's working. That could e easily be taken as factual. But it is factual. Nothing's working. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Do you see what I, what I mean with this? It's like there's a mind state there, you know, it's actually fabricated something out of the uh, blocks of reality, you know, the, the basic blocks, you know, there's been a little bit of creation around this because maybe in 20 minutes or, you know, 20 days or 20 hours, <laughs> maybe it appeared that, no, it's not, nothing's working out, but this thing is really hard to be with. Ah, you know, here's another take, you know, here's another construction. But, so, was it telling him, you know, with the truck, it's really good that you could see, you know, there's a sound, then there's a creation of the mind, and then I'm following the creation. That is really interesting that you can do it with such a small thing as the sound of a truck. Because then maybe this week, you'll be able to see some of the same pattern with something else. Much harder to see because, you know, the truck went in like, oh my God, the truck is going. <laughs> this is not uh, some other things in our life, though we, we uh, you know, we, we're more, um, the mirage-like nature of the construction is not apparent. And so, anyway, that was this little uh, example uh, there yesterday of, uh, of this. And to me, I, f- I find this very, very rich, how, uh, how there's a, a building. And uh, yeah, I was listening to um, Christina Feldman this week, who's a Canadian uh, teacher. But, I mean, I don't know if she's still Canadian, but she certainly was for a part of her life. Now she's been in England for a few decades. Um, but she was uh, using a different kind of imagery that was interesting about talking about formations. And she was uh, using this uh, uh, image of um, painting, saying like, sometimes we're actually painting reality, but we, we are not aware. We think reality is like this. It's, you know, it's that color. But actually the mind painted it that color. And so there's, there's, there's something that we're not awake to. You know, we, we think the city is that color, but it's, it's being painted. And sometimes, uh, maybe as she said, as we're speaking, it's being painted. Not just that it was at some point, but... And so practice for us is to realize as we're sitting here, oh, how is reality being painted right now? You know, painted with impatience? You know, painted with self-loathing or, you know, world-loathing? Or, you know, how is it uh, being painted? And to me, what I liked in that teaching, the way it appeared to me is, was um, in terms of kind of intentionality. Like if, uh, with the image of painting, if I'm painting something, there's, there's the factor of intention. No? Like I'm intending to paint it like this. Uh, Sometimes maybe I don't know actually that I'm doing it and I might wake up like, oh my God, I'm painting. You know, but uh, I like this idea of uh, being aware of what we're actually kind of uh, contributing to the, to the field, you know. And sometimes I see that I, I don't have a choice, you know, it's just this is a mood, it lands on me as much as I would like another one. This is the mood that is there, but there's places in my life, actually many, not all... And to me, that um, the way I'm talking now seems to me like it's talking about uh, the middle path of Buddhism, where we don't want to be dogmatic, like it's always every mood, every uh, attitude of mine is intentional, or none of them are. But 
look how sometimes there could be, it could be, a, oh, look, I'm going in that direction with this information or fact or impression. Or, is that really the direction I want to go with this? <coughs> like, I, do I really want to paint the world with that color here? And so there's a, you know, s- some aspect of responsibility in a way that can be there sometimes. Sometimes it, there's no choice. This is just how it happens. And it might be for many uh, reasons. Some of them could be totally biological, you know, chemistry of the brain, you know, and, and so many other things. I'm not going to mention everything, but, uh, but, um, but sometimes I can see this uh, aspect in my mind. Oh, Pascal, you have uh, ill will here. Is that, I, I, I don't know if I'm translating from French. Uh, where um, the mauvaise volonté, like I'm intending for things to not be seen uh, with nuances or, you know, with, or giving a chance to myself or the situation or the other. Like I actually want it to turn bad. I want to see it as ugly. Like there's something in it that is juicy for me. Like it makes me a victim or there's some something about it. And actually, in my practice, I actually want to see, like, oh, looking for trouble. <laughs> you know, may as well be honest, you know. And then, you know, if I use the image of painting, like, oh, is that really the way I want to paint the situation right now? Knowing that it's really going to contribute. I'm, in a way, a powerful agent, <laughs> you know. If I come in with my radar looking for trouble... I'm probably going to find it or make it up, you know, and uh, create a certain reality. But again, I don't want it to be an extreme saying it's always the case, you know. Of course, you know, there's uh, the contribution of the others, the other, the other as society, institutions, you know, uh, all, all, all of it is part of the... And so here we come, and we sit, and in a way we're we're uh, becoming aware of how you know what staying at the gate we'll see how suddenly we pick up <laughs> the brush and paint and start you know painting in some ways. This is what we're going to become exposed to, and also we we are uh, learning how to live in a different way. Because huh? sitting here, I could just follow all different preferences, like put value on preferences, adore, be enamored with every thought, opinions, preferences, mood, you know, follow all of them. And and here we're doing the practice of staying at the gate and noticing this this kind of formation, momentary formation of a, you know, a, a want or a preference that arises but I don't have actually to follow it I can just notice the f- you know whatever the preference oh, I, d- I would prefer to feel something else right now oh, preference you know if I'm not conscious aware mindful I could buy into that construction of mine it would really be better to feel other something else and I really I really don't like what I'm feeling and I really want to feel something else and so here we're starting to paint the city in another color. We're, we're saying, actually, could this here be known just as it is? 
a little heaviness or hollowness in the heart or you know whatever is there could that be allowed could that be known as it is could that be held or uh, accompanied with kindness and suddenly it's a different painting of the situation you know something being produced is care is care which is going to grow so says the teachings ancient teachings so says modern uh, apparently modern science neurology you know what we cultivate will become uh, what's the word of the Buddha what you often reflect upon will become uh, kind of the state of your mind and the, the quality of your mind or and neurology says that you know there is neural pathways that we're slowly uh, constructing uh, invite inviting encouraging cultivating developing and so as we sit here doing this practice of just staying at the gate has a lot of uh, value to it first there's this change of value instead of valuing my inner scatteredness and uh, feeding unknowingly every mood because I just live with it, you know, and follow it everywhere. Here, uh, and following opinions and, uh, and all the constructions in time that uh, in the end we might discover are pretty oppressive when we're kind of uh, stuck in them, like believing absolutely in the kind of s- storyline, timeline, me, me in the past, me now, me in the future. And so we learn in being just at the sense gate to actually uh, unhook unhook from these uh, cages, from these tendencies of mind, from these uh, these where we're kind of codependent. The story needs us to tell it, and we need the story we think, you know. That's the only way I know how to meet life, is to say, I was here, I'm here now, later I'll be there. Yes, that's true, I was here, this is what happened. Now I'm here, later, what will happen later? I don't know any other way to be. And here we're saying, well, let's drop all that story for a moment. Not that we can't pick it up, but we'll, when we go back to it, we're not going to be encaged in it. You know, We're going to be able to pick the story and consider life through that story. You know, it's a myth. You know, mythology is really good. It's really important. So the myth of moi, I'll pick it up tenderly and tell it to somebody else or tell it to me or rearrange it in some ways, <laughs> you know, depending on the local mood, you know. <laughs> and then I'll be able also to drop it and not be kind of clinging to it. And so here with sensory awareness at the sense door, staying at the sense door, we learn not to be so faithful to every production of the mind and every formation of the mind. Do you see what I mean? Like being absolutely like, I feel like I have to follow every one of my scattered thoughts. (laughs) Everyone should be, you know, a couple of days ago, I was teaching her around this, and somebody said, at the end, said, 
you know, I was staying at the gate, but I felt like every comment that I had about everything, I had to actually keep in a bubble for later to really consider every of them, you know. And it got really stressful, and then uh, I had all these unlooked-at bubbles of comments, you know. And, uh, and then we were exchanging about this, you know, and at the end of the exchange, uh, I said, so how do you feel? Do you feel that they're also... And she's like, no, they're kind of gone. <laughs> <laughs> do you really feel that you have to go revisit every one of the connection and associations of mind that the, the mind was doing? And, so, and I think many of us think we have to, that it's a responsible way to live. I have to be responsible. If there's a thought, I have to follow it, you know. And here we're kind of learning, actually, no, honey, <laughs> you don't, you know. You can just drop it for a little while, you know. And then with a little bit more space, less of the sense that I have to follow every one of them, you know, then we'll be able to um, discern, consider, you know, which, which line, which track, which, which river, neuro pathway am I going to follow? You know? Actually, I'm going to follow this one, not the agitated one. It doesn't, you know, I've noticed that it's not that helpful. The thoughts coming from that path, you know, are usually not that helpful. You know? And as I've been sitting here, uh, you know, developing you know, connection with the whole system and this f- uh, benevolence, kindness, and this more calm and uh, less kind of a constant uh, barraging, is that the word? Barrage, barrage of, uh, as I pacified the mind, then the thinking process can come back in. It's not like, oh, I'm not supposed to think anymore, you know, I practice meditation, no, can't think. You know, (laughs) yes, you can, but you want to create a little space so that you can choose, actually, which direction so back with the notion of intention here. If I'm just following everything, it's not becomes it, there's, there's no choice. It's not conscious intention, you know. And so uh, I think that's what happens here, as we, you know, notice the. Just stay there at the gate with the hearing, hearing. It's a simplification. And the mind is like, yeah, but, but I have, I want to come and thank you, love. Thank you so much. We're just hearing the sounds. So we learn how to not be enslaved, if I can use that word, you know, not be a, under the spell of all these uh, movements. And so it goes maybe with, uh, with emotions. You know, feel that maybe sometimes I have to be so faithful to every. And so they mix together eh? emotions and thoughts, and they feed each other and spiral easily down. You know, in agitation. You know, and so here I place as a value tenderness, kindness. I replace it drops. Yeah, I invite it again in the middle of the. You know. Can the gatekeeper be both quiet and alert? Or, how do you say, not both, but three? Can the gatekeeper can be, at the same time, you know, relaxed, quiet, alert? 
and friendly. It's an amazing thing. I think just developing this as we sit in practice and as we would do all the different things we do during the day, that kind of remembering this, how could we make this system here uh, alert and quiet and uh, kind? You know, as you put on the boots, as you, before making the phone call, before, you know, as you walk down the aisles at the grocery, all these opportunities to actually develop such a system, what effect would that have over a few years? I think it would be, it would make a, I mean, that's from the outside kind of a, but a remarkable human being, but a, certainly a beautiful uh, mind, you know. Oh, Pascal, hey, I haven't seen you in three years. I spent these three years studying the kindness in the mind. Wow, what a use of time in human life, you know. Next, hey, Pascal, I haven't seen you in three years. Well, yeah, what have you been up to? What was your dharma? Opinions. I've been feeding every one of my opinions. I have so many now. You see me? I look exhausted and confused and charged. And, uh, and I hate the world, myself and others too. You know? Okay. So here it is about intention, you know? So there's a factor of remembering, you know, what could be a good intention here, what could be a good dharma practice, you know? So it seems like, uh, you know, being there, sensory awareness, uh, putting a lot of emphasis on this as I walk, as I stand, as I sit. These are the words of the Buddha. Aware, you know. Cutting constantly through the fabrications of mind. You know, and then kind of uh, putting in, uh, in front, you know, these qualities of uh, quietness and wakefulness, if it's vividness or vitality, maybe vitality and calm mixed with um, something of the benevolent field, you know. some things of something of the compassion or care, caring, like reestablish this, reestablishing this as a value, mm. remembering, reestablishing, remembering, reestablishing, you know exploring in this way. How could that situation be met in this way? How could that activity be done in this way? You know, whatever it is, waiting for the bus, parking the car, you know, moment of uh, solitude, alone in the house, you know, waiting at the doctor's office, you know, how, how to meet this moment with these. And so started to paint the world with these colors. So they're not all the colors of these paintings. They're not created equal. In you know, some are leading to suffering and stress, and confusion. You know, and some, so says the Buddhist teaching. Some of these qualities are leading to peacefulness. You know, like expansive mind state, expansive, expansive, instead of contracted. to, to you know, well-being and care and um, 
questions or comments or clarifications. I started off uh, the meditation at the gate and like watching and being aware, but then that only lasted for a few minutes and then I was just off with the thoughts and so there there was not really an anchor mm -hmm. you know but I don't know so so how do you stay alert or stay aware to get back to that yeah space? so t tell me so so did, could you hear sometimes the voice of the teacher? Yes. <laughs> so that's that's the task of the, the teacher, you know, to come back and bring back, you know, uh, uh, you know the the way we've been lost in the field or inside the city, and suddenly you might hear the voice. Sometimes it doesn't work because the voice is there. I'm like, yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm actually very busy here, you know, lost in my different basements yeah. or <laughs> you know constructing a world here <laughs> so it might be very far away and it doesn't work all the time but that's one of the tools we have here in this class you know? or if you have like a, you know you're following a guided meditation and also what we're strengthening is the capacity to remember so was there also besides the voice of the teacher sometimes there's an outside stimulation you know you're caught in your mind state your storytelling and suddenly there's a there's a sound you know, coming from the kindergarten or from the street, or somebody sneezes, and you know they disrupt mm -hmm. the kind of uh, engagement that you, you know, it's a false one, you know, but it it really feels really true. You, so did that? Could you see this happen sometimes? Yeah, or like body sensations. Yeah. Okay, so so these are all the ways the voice of the teacher and 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 you know I I I noticed one. Uh, one point early in my practice, I was in a meditation retreat, and at some point somebody would cough or sneeze, and I would get annoyed, you know? And I noticed that I was annoyed because they were actually breaking my train of thought. <laughs> and suddenly I became grateful. I was like, oh my God, thank you for waking me up. I was not awake. I was everything but awake. I was, you know, I was everything but free. I was stuck, you know, uh, in a train of thought or in a world, you know, uh, creation of mind and so there was these and and so also the voice of the teacher with which brings this kind of um, there's words for it in the Pali Vitaka and Vichara the kind of aiming of the attention towards the what's actually happening at the sense gates you know. and so this gets openly uh, and that's how the practice is described is as you do it you strengthen that capacity to redirect or wake up you know so as you practice something you're like oh, I used to be gone the whole time. Now I'm gone 20 minutes. Now I'm gone 10 <laughs> minutes. And, and it varies, of course, but there's a, a strengthening, uh, a, 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 yeah, a development that uh, happens. And so there's this, so the bodily sensations, you know. And also there's at another level, maybe there's a valuing. That's what I see, I think, in, my, in myself clearly and I think described also, is that at some point, there's a s real switch of value that happens. When I used to really value my thoughts, now I value something else that I've, you know, it's not uh, blind faith, it's verified faith. Like this, I've clarified for myself, no, like from experience, from soaking in it, that actually I prefer being here. 
I prefer being here because there's a possibility of being kind. You know, that's it's not always, uh, you know, rosy. You know, it's it can be uh, uncomfortable, extremely uncomfortable, slightly uncomfortable. You know, and everything else also. But there's something about, you know, what I just explained about being caged in the in the thought system and being suddenly awake. You know, even if what I find is not, you know, just floating on clouds, I, I, I get a sense that, oh, I'm here now. I'm not stuck in the, you know, in the, in the emotion. Or I'm awake to it. And so that starting to give value to this from the inner experience strengthen kind of desire to be present. Mm-hmm. So it, the remembering comes back easily. Uh, e- not easily. Easierly. <laughs> <laughs> more, eas- more easily. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it's uh, it's uh, developing sensitivity and appreciation for presence. There's a lot of pain in my body these days. Mm. So, um, I couldn't listen to the outside, but what I've learned to do through this has been very helpful because you, I find it fabrication, the stories we fabricate, that's the same thing as painting the city, right? Like you, so I, I feel these tightnesses, and then my my mind makes a story about what could be wrong, and yeah. it can be very scary. Yeah. And so all these teachings you make, I can make space around it and just follow the sensation. Yeah. And then if I become aware of the story I'm making, I can choose. That's when that gives me the freedom to choose a different story. Yeah. If there is something that's gonna happen, I am gonna go to the doctor, but I can worry about it then. Now I can be kind and sit calmly. Calm and curious is my yeah. thing. So I could be calm and curious. And watch these sensations intensify, decrease. Yeah. Like, and it's been very helpful. Is is that what you're talking about? Exactly. It's been <laughs> spent the whole night last night in bed doing this, and it really saved me. because ah, the mind could take off, oh, and yeah, then in this taking off, there's a danger, real danger in terms of suffering, that the mind would get extremely worried, and you know, so so the truck. You know, for you is not the sound of the truck, is the sensations. And then for this other person it was the sound and then the creation of a truck and following so okay, that's fun to notice. For you it's there's a sensation and then what if? And then that creation, that fabrication, if you're able to recognize and say, actually it's not gonna be that helpful and yes we have to take care of things, you know, and but here now, in the middle of the night, you know, or here now in the meditation class, it's not time to, it, the time to, it's the time to develop stability of mind, kindness, calm and curiosity mm-hmm. for you. Curious. Yeah. And you see that, you, what I hear is you see that it removes, you know, what the Buddha called the second arrow. The first arrow being there's a sensation here or here, and it's disagreeable, and it's unknown what it is. 
And so there's this situation, this, this arrow is there, and the Buddha said this, often we'll plant a second arrow ourselves, not knowingly, you know, not knowing other ways to be. And so, oh my God, what's going to happen if it turns mm-hmm. bad, you know? And the Buddha said, this one, we can really learn not to add it. And so that's what you do. You're like, no, I'm gonna not going to plant another arrow right now. I have only already one. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm going to put my care, caring attention, curious, calm attention. It's not easy, but it helps. No, it's not easy. This morning, but, but I'm managing it. Yeah, better. yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's, that's what you're describing. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question, uh, let's say at, we're at the gate and uh, something attracts me and you decide to follow it and it gets the more painful and all of a sudden you fall in a pit. Yeah. So you're out there in the pit and like what... Uh, what, are the, what to do? What, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so at that moment then what's what's happening is is exactly this so is it possible to name it oh now you know fall in the pit we can use this image you know and is it possible right there to bring some kind of care and compassion or some of these qualities that i talk about you know that are there and sometimes none are available for a little while they will be again, you know, but they're not in that very moment. And sometimes the mind, has, even in the pit, sometimes has a little flexibility or in two seconds, you know. Or just because of remembering the teaching can be quite powerful. Not that, it again, it's going to become just light and bubbly. But there in the pit, oh, Pascal, you know, my love. <gasps> we really got caught here in a nut, you know, or... And we can really feel it. So right there, starting the um, accompanying, you know, the importance, that's how it feels to me. Like So if I feel suddenly I'm in a crisis, in a nut, in a pit, suddenly it seems very, very um, important to accompany myself really well. You know, so I have to let go of the thinking process that is obsessive and start really caring about the being here, you know. If at all possible, <gasps> oh, look at that, oh, it just took a wrong turn here, you know, and now, you know, devastation. So naming what's happening and applying the balm of care here. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering, pragmatically, yeah. is there... Uh, the first question I asked about what to do without an anchor and um, do you think in the beginning developing some amount of concentration is helpful to maintain the standing at the gate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so, yeah, very much. So it can be helpful to develop an anchor. And in the guided meditation, I try to bring it on. I'm a little careful with this because if somebody comes to meditation and they think they should be with the breath and not leave the breath and stay with the breath, so then there's another kind of oppression, you know, like this is what I should be doing and I'm not doing it and evaluation. And, and so it's like we're here, there's a body sitting here, there's hands touching and the body's breathing 
And if it's helpful, we could just stay around the breath, you know, or around the hearing. But having an anchor could be useful. And still, you know, it might be that the mind will, will take off. It would, it would be natural that it would, you know. But if, it's, if it feels helpful for you, also the breath as an anchor is a very classic anchor, but it's also tricky because some people, it makes them even more anxious. I feel like I'm stuck only with the breath. You're not giving me anything else. You remove the past, the future, and the comments and the preferences. And, you know, like it's, it's too much of a zeroing in. So I would like people to go in there, uh, you know, uh, willingly uh, with a sense of exploration or possibility or, oh, let's hang it there as a refuge, you know, staying with the breath. And it could be the whole body breathing, aware that there's a body sitting here breathing. It could be just at the belly, rising and falling. It could be just at the nostril here. Or it could be just in the chest, rising and falling of the chest. And sometimes when we go from the right angle, angle or at the right time, or suddenly it becomes somewhat lovely, some, some kind of a simplification of life, uh, a good way to just hang out for a moment. And it does build concentration which will be helpful, maybe after we'll be able to open up. You know. But there's different <coughs> approach. There's a, an approach where, uh, you know, what I tend to teach is an op open awareness. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning we can feel a little uh, lost in all this, but I think over time, if we practice it regularly, in the same way the mind will uh, start to, to be able to rest in, in that field of the present, you know. Um, yeah, there's many ways that it can be uh, tricky, you know, this uh, kind of being, uh, guarding the senses is, is the practice. We could feel like we have to zero in and not miss anything. It's not like this is staying in the field of the now, you know. Is that helpful a bit? Yeah, yeah. Can you um, hold something lightly? Think of like a Gosh, usually I really dislike yoga metaphors, but it's the only one coming. <laughs> like a, a balancing pose, and and sometimes some days balance comes easier than others. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Martine uh, Bachelor, uh, in a retreat uh, where I, uh, I was teaching with her, she was describing the anchor in a really sweet way. She was saying, uh, or a good, good image. She was saying. It's a little bit like if you're on a boat and you have an anchor. You drop the anchor. It's not like the boat has to be right on top of the anchor and better stay there, you know. It's the boat stays around the anchor, you know, like it, and, but it, can, it moves, it fills the waves, you know, and, and it goes a little bit here and a little bit there, but it's within the vicinity of the... And so in practice what it does is that... Uh, Words sometimes don't describe exactly well experiences. They just point to it. But an experience is that within the field of the breath, you know, I'll be here with the breath, and within the breath appears a sound. You know, it's within the rising and falling of the belly, suddenly there's a sound that appears. You know, so I'm not leaving the breath. It's, it's appearing in that field, you know. And suddenly the, the knowing, you know, the awareness, the attention is revealed. It's with, within the, the breath is there, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the anchor. And now it's not the rising and falling that is known, but, but the, the attention, the qu 
quality of the presence and it's within the anchor of the breath or suddenly there's a sweetness you know it's, so it's not the breath rising falling of it it's the breath lovely the breath calming you know so it's different features inside the experience of the breath you know or sometimes there might be an ache you know there's the breath and an ache or sometimes there's a breath and anxiety in the middle of it within the breath anxiety and so we learn to make space for this and it's within you know the anchor in this way and this you know our words and so that's for us to actually go and explore what would that mean for me what's the experience for me and uh, and we might discover that it makes sense in a different way it's lived in a different way for us Shall we try it a little bit? It's maybe a little 15 minutes. And um, you could stand up if you want for the first few minutes or for the whole duration. in the instructions also describes something uh, the anchor being just the body uh, in its posture, the body sitting in this case here, or standing and says something like just enough awareness to know that there's a body sitting and to man- maintain that knowledge so it's not like fine details of experience is just a very general quality awareness that there's a body here. It's breathing or hearing. There's an aspect of staying around, of duration, of uh, establishing. Just enough awareness to know that there is a body, to maintain that knowledge. Just enough attention to know that there's the breath. to maintain that knowledge
Notice how the knowledge is dropped sometimes, gone. The mind is infatuated, enamored, under the spell of some uh, formation, constructions. Waking up to the body, just sitting, just standing. Breathing. Another teacher would uh, invite us to only be aware of the state of the mind, the quality of the mind of the meditator. Invite us to just track that. Is the mind relaxed? Is the mind kind or attentive? listening, receptive. We're not solving or 
organizing, explaining, just feeling, becoming aware, sensitive to what's happening here now, body sitting, breathing. And the mind, with that attitude, that quality in it, sometimes obsessed, sometimes quiet, Sometimes harsh, sometimes friendly.
being here with uh, the anchor of the breath, or the anchor of uh, the knowing of the body and its posture, being here attentive to the quality qualities of the mind. Notice how the past, the future, not present. The biographical self vanishes. There's just maybe intimacy with body sitting or breathing with mind scattered or gathered. Very simple relationship with the phenomena. So much seen through the eyes of me or I, just breathing, just ache, just well-being, just sadness, quietness or agitation. heart find freedom from clinging to formations. We experience deep peace. cleared up. <laughs> Thank you so much for your practice and uh, consideration. Um, I'll be back at some point. April, huh? Which was somebody know? Seven? Oh, three, sorry, sorry. So, April, April uh, 3rd, I'll be back, okay? Um, so I wish you uh, well, and uh, maybe we'll s- we'll see each other then. Uh, the studio stays here with everything it offers. Uh, the different, uh, yeah, the different uh, yoga classes and meditation classes. There's a bunch of uh, opportunities for practice here. 
And as you come out, as you know, there's a box here to support the center who's welcoming us, uh, taking care of us in a very uh, generous way. And we want to keep this uh, formation alive. <laughs> and uh, if you feel the same for the teacher, uh, I thank you very much, because uh, actually it, uh, I, I live on this and I'm still alive. <laughs> so... It's something that is working. It's uh, it's it's uh, you know it says something about uh, alternative um, economy, you know, <laughs> how they're possible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org/slash. Donate.